0: Hello and welcome to Cat the Baker. I'm Chef KB. This is the Christmas edition. (laughs) I had an episode two all ready to go, but I thought "Mm, it's close to Christmas. I should do something different and talk about working on Christmas like you do in the industry. I mean, that's kind of true. As long as I can remember, I've worked in the service industry, either front of the house or back of the house. I've never gotten Christmas off. The only year that I did was when I worked in Switzerland. The chocolate factory closed over the holidays, and I thought, oh, so this is what it's like. And I went out. I made snow angels in the snow. I made a snowman. I made a Christmas dinner and a Stollen, which is a German traditional baked kind of fruit bread, but better than fruit bread. I decorated a tree. It was really nice. It was actually one of the best Christmases that I can remember. It was two years ago, so <laughs> not like I have bad memory, but looking back, Christmas has always been special christmas was my mom's favorite holiday she always made a big deal out of it growing up in england we'd get a big tree a real tree even though in england at the time the trees were never very full like they were kind of typical european trees but they stayed for a long time the needles didn't fall and my mom would buy lametta which is tinsel it means tinsel in German, but she bought the real thing, not the kind today that's made of plastic. Traditionally, lametta is sin. What is sin in English? See, sometimes I like block these things. I want to say. It's a type of metal. You used to have tinsel made out of real flowy metal. I know metal's not flowy, but obviously it was super, super thin. And you'd take little pieces of it and put it on the tree. And my mom would buy the real stuff. And you could only buy that in Germany because Germany is the place where Christmas is hardcore. (laughs) Like for real. You can buy the most beautiful things in German Christmas markets. Growing up, we would visit Germany a lot. We lived in England and we'd go there in the winter, right before Christmas. And we'd drink Glühwein, which is this mulled wine. And my cheeks always got super red. We'd go through the Christmas markets and then we'd go into a German supermarket and buy a ton of food to take with us back to England. So we'd be back in our house in England, and the whole trunk of the car was literally just filled with German food. We'd buy Lebkuchen, which means cake of life. It's a traditional soft gingerbread cookie, and they're typically glazed, or they come with chocolate, like chocolate glazed, and some of them are filled with jam, and they're very tasty. And we'd get kind of everything you couldn't get in England, which wasn't very many German things. So (laughs) every time we went to Germany, we'd pack the trunk full with food so that we'd have enough to survive off of in England, (laughs) or so it seemed. I mean, England had good food too, and we liked a lot of it, but just traditional things like stuff to put on our bread, like really good jams. I mean, you can find these things in England, but the flavors are just different. The consistency is different. Or maybe it's just, it's not different. I just thought it was, you know, cause my family, my parents, they wanted, or my mom, she wanted this kind. She was very particular. It had to be this type of quality, this type of flavor. And obviously you know what you're raised with. You know what makes you feel comforted, right? And for my mom, those were just these German products. And then, of course, for me, now when I have those, I feel comforted because I was raised with those things. A couple times my mom would make Stollen, which, like I said, is a traditional German fruitcake. It's a yeasted dough, but it has all these spices in it and it has candied citrus, which makes it just super flavorful. You let it rest. Traditionally, you start it a few months prior to December. My mom did this a couple times. All that work, the Stollen was gone in a day, of course, with a family of five. But the times I've made it, I made it a couple days before Christmas and it still tasted really good. But this year, working at the hotel in August, I decided I'm going to start making a stollen and vacuum seal it and then bake it in December and see how it comes out, which I haven't baked yet. I thought of it the other day and I said, it's December. I have to bake it. So I'm really interested to see how that comes out. And I just made a gingerbread house at the hotel, which came out really nice. I'm really happy with it. Myself and my pastry team did a really good job. I planned it back in... I don't know. I started at the hotel in May. I planned it. like did the drawings for it in like June, July. One of the managers mentioned making one. And at first I was like, oh, there's so much work. <laughs> but then I got into it, you know, like the idea of it. Sometimes people just have to suggest something to me, and then I'll get the spirit of it and then follow through. Growing up, Christmas time was always a special time. With my family my brothers would be home from boarding school my dad would maybe take a day off (laughs) my mom would be home with us when i would wake up i would wake up by the sound of her playing music she had a record player and she loved to play motown and when i heard her play motown on christmas i knew she was happy i knew she was in a good mood and feeling good so i'd wake up super happy And she would maybe have started making breakfast, maybe some eggs, and I could smell it. There'd be like green onions on it with salt and lots of pepper. I love lots of pepper on everything. She would make me feel like I'm so happy it's Christmas. (laughs) We'd have this beautiful tree. I would always help decorate. At their business, they also had a tree, which I would decorate. We loved buying Christmas decorations together. Then at home we'd put all the presents around the tree. There'd always be a gift for my grandma, my dad's mom. She always gave me berets as a gift, which, (laughs) isn't that weird? (laughs) So I'd feel the gift and it would be soft and I knew, oh, it's another beret. She had this whole closet full of berets and everything else. And she'd basically look into her closet and send me a beret and send my brothers, I don't know, like, I don't even remember what they got. (laughs) Everything you opened that was from her smelled like mothballs. You know how, like the older generation, maybe two generations ago, I'm not sure, but they would put mothballs in their closets especially because a lot of women had furs and like fur coats. That attracts moths. So you'd put mothballs in there so that the moths wouldn't nest in the fur. But then everything else smelled like mothballs. And that is the most unpleasant smell for me. The worst smell ever. <laughs> and every time I smell mothballs, which is not a lot, but sometimes sometimes i smell it randomly and then i'll think of my grandma my grandmother was definitely something else (laughs) she would visit us in england you know she'd visit us from germany she had to go shopping every day no matter the day and maybe she just got a couple of items but she had to go to the store every day and i was the person that was expected to go with her like she just expected it. One day I didn't want to go. I just didn't want to go to the store. And she asked my oldest brother to go with her and basically offered him money if he went with her. He went with her, he comes back and like laughs at me. He's like, ha ha, she gave me money for going shopping with her. And I was like, what? <laughs> like she's she was obsessed with orange jam. So in England, there's all kinds of jam. More selection than in the US with just British jam. And a lot of it has orange in it. And it's like thick orange peel. She was obsessed with it. Like every time she went, she had to buy this orange jam. It's like, why not just go once and buy like 10 glasses of jam? Meanwhile, she had to go every day. She had kind of a kleptomaniac problem. Like she would go to the store, find the jam, but she was so good, I think, at like letting things go with her out of the store, I wouldn't notice it. And then we'd come home and she'd pull out all these other things that I didn't even see that she took. But every time I went with her, she said I could pick one thing and it was usually milk slice. Like in German, it's called Milchschnitte, which is like this chocolatey thin sponge top and bottom and it's filled with this kind of egg white sweet fluffy filling not like super sweet not like marshmallow or something but it's creamy and that reminds me of my childhood 100 percent. because in the beginning when we lived in england you couldn't find milk slice it was only in germany so when we'd visit germany we'd buy like so many of these, because me and my two brothers loved them. Every time I see Milk Slice, like when I was in Europe, I had to buy it. Like it's the one thing that I couldn't not buy. I just sat down and would just eat it slowly. (laughs) Like me and my Milk Slice. But anyway, back to Christmas, my mom would be playing music, and then she'd usually want to watch a Christmas movie, anything. In the U.S., she'd watch all these Hallmark Christmas movies because they were just happy. You know, there was usually something that would go wrong in the movies, but in the end, everything would turn out right. And I think that's what she wanted in her life. There was so much chaos and things that were all messed up. In the end, she just wanted it all to go right. I mean, we all do, right? We all have this hope, which is why these Christmas Hallmark movies are so popular. And then we'd make dinner. My mom would make a turkey. So in England and the US, turkey is kind of what you eat for Christmas. I mean, US, more turkey for Thanksgiving and then maybe a ham for Christmas. But in England, you have turkey for Christmas. My mom would buy me a tofurkey because, you know, I was a vegetarian for 25 years. <laughs> which would make me feel special, you'd have to pre-order them. And they were probably the same price as an actual turkey, like for the whole family. Like the first Christmas I had as a vegetarian, my mom got me like mac and cheese from Marks and Spencer, which is like a nice, like kind of high end supermarket. And she got me mac and cheese from Marks and Spencer, because she had no clue what to get me for Christmas. And then They would eat turkey, like my family. They would make red cabbage and usually mashed potatoes with gravy. But then my mom would make me a vegetarian gravy. You know, my first Christmas as a vegetarian, I felt, I don't know, (laughs) like so non-special. Because my brothers were making fun of me that I had a tofurkey. They would try and hide real turkey meat in with my mashed potatoes and I'd find it. And then my mom would get upset that they were teasing me. So then one of my brothers usually had to go to the bathroom to eat because together they would always create nonsense. (laughs) So probably like every time my brothers came home from boarding school and they couldn't behave, one of them always had to eat in the bathroom. In England, like we had two bathrooms. One was downstairs, which was just a toilet and a sink. And the other one was a real bathroom with a bathtub, a sink, a toilet. So they'd always have to eat in the small toilet. <laughs> like, But Christmas was nice because my parents usually didn't argue. We would eat Lebkuchen, the cake of life. My mom would usually get a Christmas pudding from Marks and Spencers. And Christmas pudding is super, super dense. It has a ton of raisins, a suet sometimes. It's sweet, but you warm it up, you steam it. It would take forever to get warm because it's so dense, but you can only eat a little bit of it because it's so like rich and heavy, especially after the whole Christmas dinner. We'd usually eat it with whipped cream and like this brandy butter. And for me, Christmas pudding is just the essence of growing up in England. When I see that and eat it, which isn't very much these days, it just reminds me of my life there. This year I've decided to make a plated dessert using Christmas pudding, making my own. It's a little less sweet, but I'm excited to make it. And then we'd usually buy Christmas crackers, which is a typical thing in England. Two people would pull on it and you'd usually get like some cheap prize I don't even remember, but it was usually just some plastic thing. We might get something better if we got them at Marks and Spencer. Maybe they were filled with better things. The fun of it was just to pull on it, you know, with a family member, and then it would make a cracking sound. Like, (laughs) there was a, a firework in it, I guess. But not a firework, it was like a cracker. I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. And then we had three dogs growing up, and they would be afraid of the crackers They'd be right there when we opened up the presents because they liked the sound of the paper. When I look back on Christmases, I was always working, maybe not always Christmas Day. You make all these experiences for other guests. You make their day special. It feels like to me that like I don't have Christmas. You know, I have to take it on a day in the new year. But then it's not even Christmas anymore. I feel like a lot of times in the service industry, the holidays are just, you just want to get through them. So that after that, you can just take a few days. (laughs) It makes the holidays a bit less meaningful if you can't spend it with your family or someone special. Last year, because my mom loves Christmas decorations, I was in New York living there. And I went to the Christmas market in Bryant Park, and I found this decoration that I thought she would like. I put her name on it, and I thought, okay, I'll send it to her for her birthday, because it was in November. She died a week before her birthday last year. And then the whole family flew to Arizona to be together and just to deal with everything that had happened. The parcel was there that I sent her for her birthday, And I opened it up, and it was the Christmas ornament that I sent her. She never opened it. Like, she received it, but I guess she wasn't feeling well. And then a few days later, she died. So I took the Christmas ornament, and I have it on my tree this year. In Germany, you have an advent. So usually you have an advent calendar for every day. In December, and you open it up, and there's usually a piece of chocolate behind it with a little picture. And in England, they would have these Advent calendars, and they'd be filled with a Mars bar or Milky Way, like mini versions of all of these candies. And then you also have an Advent wreath. There's four Advents. On the fourth Advent, it's Christmas. So each Sunday would be the next Advent, and you'd light a candle on this wreath. So this year I made a wreath out of a cookie and decorated it with icing and then I put four candles on it, but that's a German thing. In England you don't really do that. I remember once I was home alone and it was I think the second advent. So I wanted to light a candle. I felt in a Christmassy spirit and I lit the candle because my parents were at work, but then I went to bed and they came home I guess, late, and the candle pretty much lit all the way. And my mom was super upset. I mean, first of all, sure, I, I guess I could have burned the house down. I mean, that's not good. She was more upset that I didn't wait for her to be a part of the advent. I think because of it, we didn't talk for like a couple of days. Like she was that upset. When it came to Christmas things, she just had to be a part of everything. The holidays were always special because my family was together. During the holidays, we had a bit more time. So if we did go to Germany and spend time at the Christmas markets, we would also go to this place. It was called um, Aquadrom. It's around where I grew up, outside of Wuppertal. Let me just talk about where I grew up. It's called Wuppertal. Wuppertal is a part of the Rhine River, which runs through Germany and it's the mountainous region. Wuppertal is famous for the Schwebebahn. The Schwebebahn is it's a suspension railway. There are beams running above the Vupa, the part of the river, and the railway is hanging from um, above, and it goes through the city. So Wuppertal is famous for this. This part of Wuppertal, the downtown area, reminds me a little bit of like the Bronx, <laughs> I know that sounds weird, like not in the sense of city at all, but just the light coming through. The railway, it blocks some of the light because it's built from above, and it's kind of the same with the subway. But city-wise, no, not the same at all. Um, you know, you've got all these German stores and very clean. Bronx, I would not say is clean, but just light-wise... Okay. So going back to the story, this place is called Aquadrome. It is a water park. It's an indoor water park. It's this giant dome, like this glass dome. And we would always go to this as a family. In the middle, you've got the main pool and every 30 minutes they do this giant wave pool. But it's not just any pool. You've got all these rocks dividing the pools. So you've got The main pool, and then shooting off the main pool are all these waterways. And even when the wave pool starts, these waterways are crazy, and you really just float up and down with the wave pool. But you can't see the waterways because of all these rocks kind of built up everywhere, which I thought was really cool. If you want to pay extra, you can go to the sauna area, which are like five saunas. They're all different temperatures. One, for example, is called the bear sauna, where it's a bit more humid. I think it was that way. I don't know, but you've got humid ones, you've got dry ones. And in Germany, everybody just walks around naked. It's not a thing. I grew up with my family, and I'm not gonna say they walked around naked all the time, No, not all the time, but my parents, they didn't care. Sounding a bit strange, but in Germany, nobody cares. All I know is in this sauna, everybody's naked. And I'm like, I don't know, 12 or something. It was odd because I grew up in England. I didn't grow up in Germany. I was just very shy. And especially in school, like for gym class, when we had to start showering, Like it was a thing. Nobody wanted to shower. Everybody's going through puberty. Then the gym instructor is like, everybody must shower. And then they're like being super strict. None of us want to take our clothes off around each other. Meanwhile, here we are in Germany in this sauna and everybody's walking around naked. And I'm like, "Uh, okay. Like, (laughs) So yeah, it's just like a public area that's private and then you can just go around in and out of these saunas and there's like little temperature pools like one's super freezing one's warm it's really nice but for me I was just very self-conscious like okay here's a random story when I was in Switzerland in 2020 I went to the pool and I saw a sign for sauna and I thought oh okay I'm gonna use the sauna I just I don't see a man or a woman's sign I just see a sauna I go in. And I'm not naked, I just have like a bikini. And I'm sitting there in the sauna, all of a sudden this man comes in, and he's naked. And he looks at me, surprised. And I thought, oh, okay, I'm not naked, all right. But I thought that was weird, because normally in the US, when there's a community sauna, people are not naked. And I'm like, cool, we're in Europe, it's fine. (laughs) Next thing I know, the next man comes in. He's naked, this man's looking at the other man. They're looking at each other because I guess I'm in there. And I'm like, okay, something's off. After a few minutes, I go out, I walk out of that whole area and then I see men. Like it, this whole area was just for men, but I couldn't find the women's. So anyway, and as soon as I left, I heard the two men talking and I'm just like, nobody said anything to me. Maybe they didn't mind it. I don't know. And that was a few years ago. Like, But this back in Germany, this was just growing up. I'm just trying to accept it as, okay, German people they don't care. That's my self-conscious story. We would go to this pool, and after the pool, like, we'd be there kind of like a half day kind of thing, because there's so much there to do. There's an outdoor pool, there's all these slides, um, which is funny, because one time my cousin went up the slides with us, and he would wear these bicycle shorts. You remember, I don't know if you remember, but in the 90s and late 80s, the time I grew up, everybody wore these bicycle shorts. They had a neon stripe down the side. They had a different kind of fabric, like a legging fabric. But men wore it, like everybody wore it. And especially with men, you could see things. And uh, anyway, my cousin wore one of these and he went down the slide. And I guess this was one of the fastest slides. And it was so fast like it warmed up his bicycle shorts so much that he got a hole like where his butt and then he was super embarrassed and he wanted to change that (laughs) but everybody had these bicycle shorts and i wanted them and i couldn't find the ones with the pink neon stripe down the side i think my mom got me these crazy ones they were like neon everything orange, yellow, green, blue, and they had all these crazy patterns on it. And I'm like, okay, like it's not the stripe down the side, but I'll wear it. (laughs) You know, like everybody was wearing it. Anyway, I didn't wear it to this pool. When you're growing up, going through puberty, it's just such a weird time. And I just wanted to hide my body. And I wanted black clothes. I didn't want to highlight any parts of my body. So I would ask my mom if she could buy me black clothes. She said, no, I'm not going to buy you black. So then I said, okay, I'll get navy blue. So I always wore navy blue because I couldn't wear black. (laughs) Yeah. So for Christmas, I would ask for some navy blue clothing and I'd get all these big sweaters because I developed very quickly. It was just something I was super embarrassed about. That was kind of just a rough time. And then that plus being a vegetarian in my family and being teased about that, like all these traditions we had with Christmas were so food related that all of a sudden I had this different food and I was trying to making my own special thing, you know, a tofurkey and kind of different vegetarian things that would still be festive. It was just this time of transition. And it wasn't until like the second Christmas that like it was fine, you know, but that first year, it was really hard because I would smell like what my mom would make for dinners and, and you know, we're German. So a lot of our meals were, would always be some sort of meat. And my mom was just a really good cook. So then I'd have this weird side dish, you know, like it be a vegetable and some potato or something. I'd have all the same stuff, but not the meat part. And I couldn't show my weakness to my family because when I make a decision, I stick to it. But in my head, I'm like, oh God, that smells so good. I really like want it. I'm not gonna succumb to these smells and my mouth watering because of it. That's also my stubborn part. Like if I set my mind to something, it's happening. Like that's it with anything, which is positive, but also negative if uh, maybe it's not a good thing that I should be doing. I don't know. But after going swimming back to being in Germany, we would be so hungry because we spent all day there that outside of the pool area there were like all these little imbus stands so in germany an imbus is it's like a food truck but they're known for i mean it's just not healthy food but it's so good and it was so good as a kid you have these french fries and they put this real mayonnaise on it because i love french fries with mayo but european mayo is different than american mayo in europe it's more yellow it has I don't know probably more calories but it tastes good you know i don't understand getting low-fat things and if you look at the ingredients there's always more sugar so in the end they're not better for you just get the whole fat like fats are not bad for your body that's why like avocados are healthy and whole milk and kefir and just all these whole milk items so yeah the mayonnaise is the same it's just it's just delicious. And we ate it with our French fries after going swimming. And then you'd get shashlik, which is like a spear of meat. But they make shashlik sauce, which when they make the shashlik, there's a sauce. And you pour this sauce over like the gravy. You pour it over the fries, eat it with the mayo. And then my mom would say, let's go eat ice cream. <laughs> so we're kids. We're like... Yeah. <laughs> Such a good idea. Let's eat ice cream. In Germany, what I love is it's not just an ice cream store. Like here in the US, when you go eat ice cream, it's it's in a very fast foody way. You know, you stand in line, you pick what you want, you order off the menu, kinda like Starbucks. They make it for you and you pay. But in Germany, it's a very it's a very nice setting. You go to a cafe, usually They have cakes and then they have this really nice menu and it lists all the ice cream but it's not just a scoop of ice cream they're ice cream cups and it's usually owners that come from Italy they open up an ice cream shop in Germany or a cafe and they do really well there they'll go back and forth between Italy and Germany because usually Italians have a lot of family in Italy, but their business might be in other parts of Europe. So some, when you go in winter, some ice cream shops and cafes are closed because the owners are with their families in Italy. Some are also open. And we went to this one that was our favorite. You can pick a cup. It's called a coppa in Italian. And so let's say if I want a marena coppa. A marena are these cherries that are soaked in usually brandy, and they're fresh cherries in this case. And in Germany, it's not like here where anything with alcohol is like banned from kids. You know, alcohol is not a negative thing in a sense that there's no, like yes, you're legally able to drink alcohol at 18, sometimes even 16. But the thing is, because it's available throughout your life, kind of maybe in these brandy cherries or in dessert sometimes. You know that it's not anti-alcohol for kids. So you grow up uh, just sometimes having a sip of this or that. And most kids don't like alcohol. You don't like the taste of it. But if it's with a dessert or ice cream and whipped cream, like a little bit tastes really good. And which is why I never wanted to party kind of growing up or in college because Alcohol is just not a thing for me. Sometimes I like a little bit of it here and there, but I never had the need to binge, you know, and wake up drunk and all this stuff, or to wake up hungover. So yeah, it was never, that's why I just studied. I'm like, okay, I'm probably not gonna drink tonight. (laughs) You know, and then if you hang out with your friends and they're all drunk and they're saying the most weird random things, That's no fun either. But anyway, back in this ice cream store, you can order these cups. And they're beautiful glasses. They're real glass. It's not like some cheap plastic cup. They're tall on a stand. So it's very, it's just nice. It's elegant dessert eating. And that's what I miss in the U.S., you don't really get that. And if I've been to certain places like in New York or in Portland, like sometimes there's really nice done up dessert places and they're always packed. Everybody likes that. For instance, I'd order this amarena cup and you'd have like cherry gelato a scoop. You'd have a scoop of vanilla gelato and you'd have these brandy cherries in it and maybe some sort of like crunchy thing in there, real whipped cream on top, and maybe these little like amaretti cookies on top. And you'd have this like a crunchy kind of waffle straw coming out of it. And it would just be beautiful. And you can order all these different cups. For example, they have spaghetti ice, which is ice cream, but it comes out of the machine and it looks like spaghetti. On top, you have white chocolate which looks like parmesan cheese and then when you start eating the spaghetti ice cream which is usually vanilla on the inside of it you have whipped cream and then sometimes on top you've had you'd have real raspberry puree so that would be the tomato sauce or they do like a a potato ice like cartoffel ice which is basically a ball of vanilla ice cream it's rolled in cocoa powder to look like a potato Then on the inside there's usually some sort of a brandy filling or these brandy cherries or something like that so there's kids eating this stuff you know it's not like oh these are this has alcohol in it like nobody's afraid to have a little alcohol as a kid like even if you go to a chinese restaurant in germany which if you go out for chinese it's really nice like, you get all these individual warmers for your plates You get a shot of schnapps before and everybody gets it. Like the kids get it, the parents get it, everybody gets some peach schnapps and it warms you. And then of course, after one little shot of schnapps, my cheeks will be super red and I can't stop laughing and everything my brothers do is funny. And then they had schnapps too, so they do even crazier things. These are fun memories with my family. So yeah, we'd all get a different cup of ice cream and my favorite was spaghetti ice the spaghetti ice cream and then the real whipped cream like i'm so tired of canned whipped cream and if you look at it it's like hydrogenated oils it's just it is nothing real in it and what's worse is that if you get whipped cream and it deflates because then you know it's from a can And the flavor is just not there. Like whipped cream is full in flavor. It makes your hot chocolate delicious. It makes everything delicious. Whipped cream makes everything delicious. That's a fact. But only if it's real whipped cream. If it's this canned stuff, it's so disappointing. And yes, it's convenient, I get it. Like whipped cream deflates, you have to re-whip it. You might have to add stabilizer. It's a thing. The flavor is there. And when I get whipped cream and I see whipped cream, I'm like, yes. This place knows what's up. This is how it should be. When I go to a place and they use real whipped cream, that's where I'm gonna keep going. This place has my respect. If I get canned whipped cream and the drink is hot, I mean, forget about it, it's just gone. It melts in the air and it like really upsets me. I could talk about real whipped cream versus canned cream. I could probably do it for a whole hour if I had to. I'm that passionate about real whipped cream. So in these ice cream shops, they would just have all this real whipped cream. I loved it. So here's my family, family of five, and we all have our different ice creams and we're super happy. Everything just tastes so good. There's all these beautiful cakes around us. I just remember that, like going to Germany was a food fest, like, (laughs) We just loved all the food there. That's where I get it from, like when I travel, that kind of building everything around food. And I think it just brings me back to the good times I had with my family. You know, in that moment of eating together, if it's at home or somewhere special, you forget. You forget about what's going on. You know, for those few 20 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever. And it's just, you look around, it's people you love, it's people you know. And that's what makes food special. It Brings everybody to the table. And then when the food is delicious, even better. You know, my mom, if she didn't like something, she could go on and on about it for the whole meal. And it would ruin the meal for everybody else. If her food got cold too fast, she couldn't let it go. You know, if something was just off, she could never let it go. I know the things that my mom didn't like or liked, and I'd want the experience to just be perfect. You know, so if I saw something that I knew she wouldn't like, I'd maybe say to the server, can you do this and this? You know, like, (laughs) yeah, I notice I do that. I just want the experience to be good for everybody. I don't want something to be ruined by one complaint or one thing. And I think I'm very hypersensitive to that, especially growing up. There were so many times my mom wasn't happy and mostly just because of her own personal pain that she had, physical pain, that I was so hypersensitive to wanting her to feel good and wanting this moment to be perfect. Obviously you can't control that. And yes, I know I have some control issues. Otherwise I wouldn't be in the kitchen because you can't tell me that people in the kitchen do not have control issues. You have to, the timing has to be perfect. You have to have all this stuff ordered by a certain date. You have to make sure your people are doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then you have to check the product, make sure that it comes out right. Because once you bake it, it's too late. It's all messed up. You know, it's too late to make it again. So yeah, I've got control issues. And I think it started as a kid, sitting down to eat, we'd have this a nice moment. And I didn't want anything to ruin that. So I'd be super hypersensitive to everything being perfect. Yeah, I think maybe that's, I see that. How looking back, that's maybe when my control thing started. But it's interesting how, I mean, the things we love as kids, they never go away. They're always there. Like for me, I've always... Loved art and being creative. If it's with food or drawing, you know what's funny is, and again, random offshoot when my mom was pregnant with me, she craved pizza like every day. And I don't know, during this pregnancy, she gained like a ton of weight because, of course, if you're going to eat pizza every day, like, come on. And I freaking love pizza. I love it. I have my own uni pizza oven. I make my own doughs. Pizza is the best, especially when it's homemade and you make it with your fresh ingredients fresh tomatoes, grated fresh cheese, fresh tomato sauce, and just all these delicious toppings. And of course, fresh basil and fresh herbs. Like, I grow all my fresh herbs and I use them for everything. It makes any dish better, no matter what. She craved pizza. And then with my brother, I forget what she craved with my oldest brother. I think ice cream, because he loves ice cream. And then with my um, middle brother, she craved oranges. So she would just eat oranges. And he is like the healthiest person ever. He's so finicky about food. But I think that's funny, depending on like you already know your cravings in your mom's belly. And that's just with food and you're not even born yet. I mean, isn't that weird? And then it's the same with the things you love. My brother always loved flying planes and paper planes that you fly. And then I think he got like an electric helicopter growing up and he went to flight school, you know, in college. So those things never went away. And it was the same with me. I always loved drawing and I always was obsessed with pens. I loved going into a pen store. I could be there for hours, just like testing pens and looking at pens and, and everything I do is creative. And without me being able to be creative, I can't be myself. And if I look back through my whole life, I've always been creative. So if I can't do that, I'm not living who I am. So if you look back at what you've always done, what you've always loved, I don't think those things ever really change. You might not do them as a career, but maybe you should. So that to me is when I think of holidays and Christmas especially, those are my memories. And as a kid, you just wanna open presents. You just want to see what everybody got you and it's so selfish. (laughs) Like kids are so selfish. And I was too, of course, and I wanted to open presents as soon as possible, like ASAP. But in Germany, on the 6th, you clean your shoes and you put them outside or outside your room, whatever. And then St. Nicholas comes and he fills them up with candy. And if you've been bad, you fill them up with coal. I mean, I've never gotten coal in my shoes, but how mean would that be? So that's a thing in germany and then you open presents on christmas eve christmas day you know you just make the big meal and then in england there's also boxing day which is the 26 which is also a holiday but now when i look back and think on the holidays and my family yes there's always good and bad you know there's always chaotic moments versus good moments my mom always made the best just holiday experiences. Everything involves food. It's the same for me. I mean, I grew up with that, I'm continuing it. But it's just nice now how I can look back, and really treasure those moments. And I think that's what holidays are for. I mean, yes, there are arguments sometimes and disagreements and <laughs> fighting at the table. I think that's what holidays are for for me now, You know, especially having to work every holiday and i hope that even if i'm working and the things that i'm making on christmas day and christmas eve and all other holidays i'm making moments special for these other families that are eating you know that hopefully my dessert affected them in some way if nothing else it just made a pleasant end to a perfect meal as long as there's no complaints you know that's worse to work on a holiday and they get all these complaints i think typically every family just wants to build special memories and for me they're all built around food every winter when we lived in germany and the beginning of england we would go skiing we'd go to austria and switzerland my whole family would it was something we did every year in germany you get Maybe five, six, seven weeks of vacation a year. We would take our summer vacation and then our winter vacation. And for the winter, yeah, we'd always go skiing. We'd all go into different ski classes based on our age and how well we did. Every day, we would just go into those classes and become better skiers. And then at the end of the week, we would do a race and we'd Win like medals depending on our time. So I would do a slalom race. It was around like age six. I started skiing. I think my mom said something crazy, like two or something. She would tell me the story how I had Fisher Price skis. She would ski and I would go between her legs and hold on to her legs. And she'd say, hold on tight, festhalten <laughs> in German. She would just ski down the hill with me between her legs on Fisher-Price skis, like leaning against her skis. I mean, if you think about it, that's that's pretty dangerous, right? <laughs> but <laughs> those are just things she did. So from a very young age, I just got used to skiing. The fun thing was, again, food. I clearly remember gamknudel. So what that means is it's a giant dumpling, and it's usually filled with a plum jam filling. So it's kind of tart. The best part is you pour vanilla sauce over it with ground poppy seeds. So they're nice and fine and have this nutty flavor. And then on top of that, you pour melted butter. And this was what I ate when we'd be up Ski Mountain. Because up top in Europe, you always have really nice restaurants. And there you can just eat outside with the sun or inside, depending how cold it is out. But it's just a normal thing and you have good food. It's not like fast foodie, kind of like here. And it's good food. You know, it's homemade. It's not all ordered in. So that's what we ate during our break in between skiing. We'd have this giant dumpling. I loved it. I loved it so much that I would ski down faster sometimes because I knew it was nearing lunchtime. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to have my knodel <laughs> We'd all have lunch at the same time. All the classes kind of merged. And then lunch will be over. We'd split up, go back to our classes and continue skiing. This dumpling was such a ski thing. Like when I thought of skiing in winter and Germany, it was gamme Later on, I bought a rice cooker like a few years ago and just decided I'm just going to make this myself because you steam the dumpling and it becomes nice and big because there's yeast in it and through the steaming it it's cooked but it's still fluffy and then I'd make vanilla sauce like creme anglaise basically which just means English cream but in the culinary world it's it's a vanilla sauce and it's thickened with egg yolks and then I'd put Melted butter over it and these ground fresh poppy seeds. And it's so good. It's so good. Again, I ate that and it put me right back to our winter holidays. It gives me a good feeling because my family was happy. We were all together. So my mom was happy because my dad wasn't working and we were just enjoying food. This food was delicious and I was so happy. What's crazy is as a child, I was so. <laughs> I was like a daredevil. You know, my brothers and I, we would do our own like ski competitions between us. And of course, my oldest brother, he's five years older than me, but he was always the best skier and he was in adult classes because he was so good and he always won the gold. These times with the family and these vacations, I mean, they're never coming back. And now, especially because of the holidays and because of everything that's happened in my family. It's just so nice to think about it. And it's funny because when I lived in Switzerland on and off for a year, being there reminded me so much of when I was there with my family. Okay, I didn't ski there, but, you know, seeing the Alps with all this snow and making my own and my own dumplings, it was just a very close to the heart feeling. And when I feel that way, it makes me want to cook more and bake more. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cat the Baker. This was my Christmas episode, and in two weeks, I'll continue with my normal programming. But I wish you all very happy holidays, some treasured times with your families or friends, and make lots and lots of good food. Savor those memories and those moments. Thank you. Until next time. I'm Chef KB. Join me on Instagram at Chef KB or on YouTube at Cat the Baker.